It's time now for Abounding Grace with Brother Roger Holland. You may have a fancy car. Abounding Grace is a faith-supported program dependent upon your response. Mail all correspondence to Abounding Grace, 430 Sloan's Mill Road, Olin, North Carolina, 28660. But if you have not been saved, it all ends with the grave.
Now we know that the author of this epistle is John. He wrote the gospel that bears his name, uh, three epistles, and the book of Revelation. Now John's gospel is the gospel of belief. When you come to the end of the gospel of John, John chapter 20, verse number 31, he tells us the purpose for the writing. But these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through his name. Now John's trying to get the message out. John's trying to get the gospel message out that salvation is in the Son. He that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. Now, salvation is a personal thing. I've had a lot of people tell me over the years, preacher, that's a personal matter. Salvation is a personal thing, and they are exactly right. In John chapter 1, verse number 11, the Bible says that he came into his own, and his own received him not, but as many Many as received him, to them gave me the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. Now, salvation is a personal thing. Uh, you cannot be saved just because your mama is saved. And just because your mama is saved does not mean that you're saved. Just because daddy is saved does not mean that you are saved. It is a personal thing. It is a, it is a personal matter. God deals with us on a one-to-one -one basis. God deals with us as individuals. And so salvation is a personal thing. And personally, we receive him and we receive eternal life or personally we reject him and we reject God's offer of salvation. And they'll say salvation is a powerful thing. In Romans chapter 1 verse number 6, Paul said, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. It's the power of God that saves sinners. It's the power of God that brings about conviction. That's not something you can work up in the flesh. It's the power of God that does the saving. It's the power of God that does the convicting. It's the power of God that does the transforming. It's the power of God that does the changing. Last week I said, you know, I'm glad I never did get addicted to, uh, well, I might as well go, out, go ahead and say it, alcohol or tobacco, anything like that. I'm glad I never did get addicted because I'll be honest with you, I'm as weak as water. I go to the doctor and the doctor always says, hey, your cholesterol is high, your, your sugar is high, you're a borderline diabetic and never Never go to the doctor and get good news. Always this. Got to quit eating the ham and quit eating the fat back. Quit eating the bacon. And, and if it tastes good, spit it out because it can't be good for you. And boy, I'll get on that kick and I'll, I'll quit drinking the sodas and I'll quit drinking the Mountain Dew and I'll quit drinking the Pepsis and I'll, I'll try to eat right and maybe eat some oatmeal and, and eat some sticks and twigs and eat a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And because if it tastes good, it can't be good for you. And you say, preacher, how long does that last? It don't last long. That's why I don't make no New Year's resolutions. A lot of people say, well, I'm going to do this. I'm going to exercise. And that's what the dog, he said, exercise. I'm going to exercise, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that. Well, New Year's.
Year's resolutions most times don't last long. And so, hey, I'm glad I never did get addicted to anything because I don't think I'd ever been able to quit. Not on my own. Hey, I'm telling you what's took place in my heart and what has took place in my life. Hey, I didn't do it. I didn't have it in me. I don't have the power to change. But I'm glad there is one that's greater than I am and there's one that's greater than you are. And thank God salvation is a powerful thing. Hey, man can't do it. God does it. Religion can't save you, but God can. Reformation can't do it. Hey, reciting some religious creed, hey, That'll not get the job done, but I'm telling you, hey, God can do it. And there's nothing too hard for him, nothing impossible with the Lord. Then let me say, salvation is a passionate thing. I mean, when a person gets saved, they want to talk about it. I remember when I first got saved, I I thought it'd make the front, I, I thought I'd pick up the paper. And right there it'd be on the front page of the paper, Roger Holland saved. I thought it'd be on the 6 o'clock news, uh, Roger Holland just got saved. Hey, I'd get on the phone, I'd call people up, I'd go visit with folks, and hey, guess what happened to me? I just got saved. I thought everybody would want to hear about it. I thought everybody would want to know about it. Hey, if you get saved by the grace of God, you're passionate about it. Hey, folks, they want to talk about it. And folks want to tell about the day when the Lord came by, how the Lord reached down, how the Lord saved them and washed them in his own precious blood. But our text here is found in verse number 13. 1 John chapter 5, verse number 13 says, that ye may know that ye have eternal life. You see, I believe the Bible teaches us a no-so salvation. I remember growing up and I'd hear some old timers say and I'd hear people say, well, nobody really knows for sure if they're saved. And you'll not know that till you cross over. You'll not know that till the day of your death. Well, that's not true. I found out I've been told a whole lot of stuff when I was growing up. It wasn't so. It wasn't true. But the Bible teaches us you can know beyond a shadow of a doubt, thank God that you're saved by the grace of God, that you have a home in heaven. You can have that blessed assurance that Fanny Crosby wrote about. I don't see how people go through this life not have the assurance of salvation. But how can a person know that they're saved. Now, this is just a little simple outline, a little simple, little simple message from a simple-minded man. But I'll give you a few things right quickly here. Notice here, number one, I want to ask you this. Do you remember coming under conviction? We're talking about how can you know for sure that you're saved? Do you remember a time when the Spirit of God dealt with your heart? Do you remember a time when you came under what we call old-fashioned Holy Ghost conviction? I mean, when you can't sleep at night, when you can't sleep, when you can't eat, you're bothered, you're troubled. God is troubling your heart. God is troubling your soul about salvation. Have you ever came under old-fashioned Holy Ghost conviction? You got on your face somewhere. And you called upon the God of heaven. And you said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. You know, 
I've heard men over the years and they can stand up and and I, I sort of wish I could do this. They can stand up and they can say, well, it's about five minutes after nine on January the 3rd, 1968, when I came under conviction and got in, got born again, got saved. I mean, every detail, the minutest detail, what time it was and all that kind of stuff. And But I can't. But I do remember this. It was in December 1977. And I do remember this. I remember the place. I may not know the exact date, the exact time, but I remember the place. Old Brother Coley, he came out here and preached several years ago. And we set up a big old gospel tent out here in the field and heard old Brother Coley, he said this. He said he got saved at an old drug detox center. Boy, he got under conviction, rolled out of bed and got on his got on his knees, got on his face before God and called upon God and he said, the Lord saved me. And he said he's preaching a revival meeting in this church and they begin to sing that song, it was on a Monday, somebody touched me, it was on a Tuesday, somebody touched me, you know the song we do around here. It was on a Wednesday and, and when it comes to your day, you stand up. Well, Brother Joe Coley, he said, I, I sent there and he said, I just couldn't remember what day it was. And uh, he said, man, I'm, I'm, I'm about to preach revival here. I'm sitting on the front pew. Everybody's looking at me wondering, what day did the preacher get saved? He said, I couldn't think of what day it was for the life of me. He said it was there in that old detox center. He said, oh, God, I can't remember. I can't remember the day. And he said, the Spirit of God said, well, just pick one. And he said, when he come around the Tuesday, he said, ain't no, ain't no use waiting a Friday. He said, he jumped up on Tuesday. And he said, I've been claiming Tuesday ever since. Now, you may not remember the exact date and the exact time, but I guarantee you this morning, friend, hey, you'll never forget that place. Where you called upon the name of the Lord, you'll never forget that place where you got saved. It might have been around the old-fashioned altar. It might have been under the old gospel tent, maybe some old pine shavings. You buried your knees uh, in those pine shavings. Uh, it might have been on an aircraft carrier, in a boxcar, praise God, in a chicken house. It don't matter where it was. I guarantee you, if you're saved this morning by the grace of God, you remember that place. Where you called on the name of the Lord. Oh, Paul, he'd never forget that Damascus Road experience. That woman of Samaria, she'd never forget that place there at Jacob's Well where she met Jesus. The old Philippian jailer, he's uh, pulling a graveyard shift, working guard duty about midnight. Thank God he got in. He got saved and got born again. I'm simply saying, hey, do you remember coming under conviction, calling upon the name of the Lord? And if you did, there ought to be a place. And if you can't go back in your mind to a place, I really doubt your salvation. If you don't have a place there, then let me say your number two. Do you remember a change taking place? You know, you meet Jesus and you get saved by the grace of God and you can't help but be different. I mean, you can't help but be different. I mean, the Bible says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things have passed away. Behold, all things are become new. 
Hey, even your outlook on life is different. And, and to be honest about it, you didn't, you didn't even know what living was until you got saved. You didn't know what living was until he came to live, set up residence in your heart. Now, Brother Jerry, I believe this, and I can't help it. And I believe because the Bible says so. I, I believe an old drunk gets saved. Now, I, I've known a lot of them in my lifetime. I, I've known a lot of them. Somebody says everybody's got at least one drunk uncle. I think I might have had one sober one. I think maybe. I, I can't remember one. I might have had one that was sober. Amen. My family made liquor, and the bad thing about it is this. They drank most of it. You say, is there, any, is there any money in the liquor business? Not if you drank up the profit, it ain't. But I've known a bunch of them, man. I, I'm going to tell you, uh, that's why I, I guess that's why I preach against it like I do. Because I, I've been there, I know what it does. And I know what it does to families. And I know what it does to children. Amen. I, I know what it does to homes. It wrecks, it ruins. Oh, listen, friend, what a great day when God reaches down and saves the old drunk. But he gets saved by the grace of God, and he can't help but fall out of love with Jim Beam and Jack Daniels and old Miller Lowlife and Bud Dummer and all. Hey, the rest of them. Get a good dose of old-fashioned Holy Ghost salvation. I'm telling you, it'll make a change in your life. And if there was no change, you just didn't get it. You know what God can do? He can clean your mouth up. Now, I remember a time they tried to, Lord, gone, stick a bar of soap down your throat. Some of y'all may not, maybe y'all wasn't around that. You say a bad word, Lord God, next thing you know, somebody got a, a cake of soap or a bar of soap and going to wash your mouth out. And some folk cuss and then some folk blackguard. Now, you, you really, <laughs> really got to be old to know what that is. My grandma said he's a blackguard, and that's when you're getting down, buddy. Getting down with that cussing. But you know what? God saves a man. God will take that cusser out by the root. Amen. I, I mean, people that just couldn't get along with other people, people that was ill-spirited and just mean, boy, God, get a hold of their heart and God save them. Oh, you'll fall in love. You'll fall in love with folks then. Here in 1 John chapter 4, verse number 19, let me read this. It says, We love him because he first loved us. If a man say, I love God and hateth his brother, God says he's a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how in the world can he love God whom he hath not seen? John also says we know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. 1 John three fourteen. Hey, I'm just saying, Lord, it'll make a difference. Poor Miss Faye, and I, I tell you what, what a, what a treasure she was to this church and and I, I've said this a lot of times, and I said if I believed in women deacons, then uh, she'd been the first deacon at this church. You, you're talking about a help. You're talking about a blessing. You, you're talking about somebody always ready and willing to do something. But I'll never forget, we was going uh, one Christmas, and we was going to go 
and uh, for our Christmas dinner. I think it was Bible college. Bible college. We was going to go for our Christmas dinner, and and uh, we was all in line. And right there at the end of the line was the big man himself. Had the big old white beard, red hat on his head, and big old belly. And I mean, right there he was, the man himself. I told Miss Fay, I said, won't you jump up in his lap? <laughs> Tell him what you want for Christmas. And what's it going to hurt? <laughs> I mean, right there he is. Tell him what you want. You know what? You can meet old Santa Claus. May not change your life. You can meet some celebrities and some people of importance. Maybe some famous people shake your hand and it may not, may not change your life. But I'm here to tell you, friend, if you ever come in contact with the lovely Son of God, Amen. boy, it'll make a difference in your life. Amen. You'll never be the same. You'll leave out traveling another way. Then let me say this real quickly this morning. Do you have a contrite heart when you sin? Now, I realize this morning I'm preaching to the cream of the crop. I know who I'm preaching to. Do you have a contrite and a broken heart when you sin? You say, now, wait a minute, preacher, you already crossed the line. I'm saved, sanctified for the Holy Ghost. Yeah, but does it break your heart when you sin? I met a man down in Salisbury a long, long time ago, and he told me he hadn't sinned in 13, 13, 14 years, something like that. I have, you know, I haven't sinned in 13 years. That's pretty good. You can go 13 years, you're doing pretty good. Go 13 minutes, you're doing pretty good. <laughs> We're down here at the old church, and that old knucklehead, and he's a pretty good old fella, but he's a knucklehead. And he got up from behind the pulpit, and he said this, and I sat beside his brother, and he said, he said, I have you people know me and my wife, I think he said 30 years, been married 30 years. And in 30 years of marriage, never had one disagreement. Now, now Taylor, y'all better listen to this, and Courtney. How long y'all been married now? Three months. Can you say you haven't had an argument in three months? <laughs> well, me and my wife, we, before we got married, we fussed and fought. After we got married, we fussed and fought. Till I learned two words. That's it. Ain't no, use. <laughs> Ain't no use. Say a woman, she'll carry a grudge. A man, he'll get over it. I mean, about two hours later, maybe 20 minutes later, fix me a sandwich. You fix your own sandwich. <laughs> Why you got to carry a grudge? <laughs> The 
this guy got in the pulpit. <laughs> I said we've been married 30 years, hadn't had a disagreement, hadn't had an argument. I leaned over, I sat beside the brother, I leaned over to the brother, and I said, I knew he was a liar. <laughs> but I didn't know he was a big liar. <laughs> and I said, you know what? If, if what he said is true, boy, the devil's tuned in on that. And if what he said is true, I guarantee you the devil got in that thing. And Well, this same man, his brother told me, went up and visited, wasn't sitting him. <laughs> He said, well, come in and sit down, said him and his wife was in a knockdown drag out. And he said, they sit there for a while and said, hey, we, we're going to leave. I said, well, maybe, that, maybe that's the first one they've had right there. <laughs> but I, I want to tell you, as saved people, we're going to have disagreements. In the home, in the marriage, in the church, on the job, schoolhouse, in this world. Hey, there's going to be time we're going to say things and we're going to do things. And guess what? When we say them and when we do them, we know it's not right. And we do sin. John said, I wish you wouldn't sin. My little children. But he said, if you do sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. I was trying to think of something I can't think of now for nothing. But anyway, in Psalm 51, David got in a mess, and you know, would you believe that David was a saved man? Sweet psalmist of Israel, man after God's own heart, a man that loved God. But David got in a mess. David got in sin. But you know what David did? David repented. It broke his heart. He says, Psalm 51, verse 17, the sacrifices of God are broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. Oh, God, thou wilt not despise. Hey, I'm saying this. Let's put it to the test. When we sin, does it bother us? When we do things we know we shouldn't do, when we say things we know that we should not say, does it bother us? And if it does not bother us, I believe I check up on my salvation. Now we mess up, everybody does. We do things we ought not do, say things we ought not say, we sin. And when we do, boy, God gets our attention. When we do, we need to find an old-fashioned altar somewhere. We need to find a place somewhere and get a hold of God. Now, every Baptist knows 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, I'm glad God is always ready. God is always willing to forgive us when we call on his name. Amen. Well, I said going to be short, and that's about the sweetest one I've done in a long time, short and sweet. Amen. Let's stand, please. Heavenly Father, 
God, we sure do love you. God, we thank you, Father, for salvation. Thank you, God, for saving our soul from a devil's hell. Write our name in the Lamb's book of life. And, Father, we do thank you for these people here today, God, so precious. Thank you for each and every one, Father. And I pray, God, you'll bless them, Lord, in a mighty way, Father, for just being here in the house of the Lord. And God, I pray, Father, there's one here that is not saved. Brother Jerry sung a while ago, never been born again. Father, I pray, God, this will be the good day. Lord, help them to realize how much you care and how much you love them. And God, make our way to old-fashioned altar and get saved, get born again before it is eternally too late. Bless each one. Bless the invitation. Meet every need. We ask it in Jesus' name. Heads are bowed. You've been listening to Abounding Grace with Brother Roger Holland. You may have a fancy car. Abounding Grace is a faith-supported program dependent upon your response. Mail all correspondence to Abounding Grace, 430 Sloan's Mill Road, Olin, North Carolina, 28660. But if you have not been saved, it all ends with the grave. But I...